0: this is your favorite podcaster romina and you just tuned in to rm podcast fl awesome hi everybody how's everybody doing today hi ryan how are you
1: hey i'm doing great how are you romina i'm happy to be here
0: i'm good happy friday today today's friday right i feel like i lost some days happy Friday and thank you so much for making your time uh, taking your time and being a part of the RM podcast show I know you're coming from California here we're in Florida so thank you for being here
1: I'm happy to be here we got the whole east to west coast thing covered
0: right (laughs) so um, first I want to pass on the mic to you I don't know anybody else that knows you better than you know yourself so go ahead and introduce yourself tell us how awesome you are
1: oh geez All right, so I don't know about how awesome I am. I will say that I'm just an ordinary person that doesn't think like most people. Uh, My name is Ryan Matthews. I'm known as the canine mentalist, and that means that I speak dog, and so that's what I'm really well known for. I've trained over 3,000 dogs. I got my start training military working dogs in the Army, and now i train a bunch of pet dogs. I work with celebrities and different people, uh, but really I just solve people's pet problems as it relates to behavior and psychology.
0: Why dogs? Can you tell us a little bit, how did you get in the, the whole dog training? Because you are an elite army of canine dogs, which, number one, um, I ran, like I met you at PodFast a couple of weeks ago. So yeah. whenever I was doing a live, you just kind of walked by. I was like, oh, hi, like what do you do? I saw the speaker, so I was like, what do you do? And when you said, like, I train canine dogs, I was like, whoa, hold on a second. You don't <laughs> run into this every day. So tell yeah. us a little bit, how did you get into that?
1: Well, it's kind of fitting actually that we talk about canines because you can see from the shirt, it says, it says red. So in the military and veteran community wearing red on Friday, it stands for remember everyone deployed, but this is R E D D. So remember every dog deployed. So this is a shout out to my friend, Jason Johnson. This is his company um, that creates these shirts. And so that's how I got my start was military working dogs. And Mm -hmm. I did go overseas with an explosive detection dog in 2005 to Missouli rock. Um, But you had asked why dogs and the answer is actually probably far different than what anyone would think. I joined the army because I was running away from a childhood that was pretty rough. I was essentially a small time drug dealer involved in a stabbing. And uh, I chose to run away and join the army. And when I was on a deployment to Croatia, Raika, Croatia, in 2001, I saw these canine handlers, and they were doing bite training, meaning the dogs would bite them on the arm and do all this kind of crazy stuff. And I was like, wow, that looks really cool, number one. And number two is those canine handlers seemed so happy. Like they were so chill, and they didn't even seem like they were in the military. They just had this cool vibe and aura about them. And so I was like, hey, can I talk to you guys about what you do and how you did it? And so they just, they talked to me and they were like very much outranking me, but they were super cool. They treated me like a person rather than a lower enlisted soldier than them. And I was like, you know, how did you get to do this? And tell me how the heck does the dog bite your arm like that? Does it hurt? All these questions. And I just felt inspired thereafter. And so once I witnessed that, I knew that was exactly what I wanted to do. And so then, next thing you know, I'm put in to be a canine handler, and I got certified at Lackland Air Force Base in 2002. And that's how I got my start. So what was funny is my very first dog was a 95-pound German Shepherd narcotic detection dog. So, yeah, you got it, right? So the former drug dealer is now working a drug dog, which is kind of crazy, right? But that's how I got my start.
0: Life has five turns, huh? huh? It does, yeah. Um, what, did, um, you what did you say? Oh, my! Oh, my myself I'm back. myself back. Um, what um, did you say is the biggest lesson that you've gotten from from connecting with dogs? Because they just—they're a whole different species. What did you say is the biggest life lesson that you've got from them?
1: That took me a long time to figure out, and you no, know, I would say that the lessons were continuously right in front of me, but I was not open to receiving them. And so the lessons occurred once I was willing to look deep within myself on who I am as a human being. And that was part of my five near-death experiences and and, you know transforming myself Mm -hmm. that I was able to see these lessons that dogs teach us. And so I even did it. So I care so much about these whole lessons that dogs teach us. I actually did my second TEDx talk about it, and I highlight some of these things. And to me, the most ultimate one, that I think a lot of your audience can relate to is the unconditional love that dogs give us. That's the lesson that dogs teach me because after the war, Romina, I was like totally cut off from, from my feelings. I was cut off from people. I did not know how to care for others. I did not know how to love myself or love others. I was totally numb and detached as a protective mechanism. And eventually I could start to have feelings for dogs. Because that was sick. And next thing you know, I I could have love for dogs. And they started to open my heart up. And so the biggest lesson for me is the unconditional love. Because dogs taught me to not just love them, not just love myself, but to love other people
0: why like how can we learn from dogs in a perspective because they give you unconditional love they'll just come and cuddle with you as soon as they'll look at you they'll just jump up and down and i don't know any other humans that would jump up and down to see you instead only if it's like a baby um what can we learn from the dogs to give unconditional love like how can we do that
1: yeah i think there's a few lessons and so in the tedx talk titled let's treat each other more like dogs you, you guys can look at it and you'll see what i'm talking about i illustrate and go really deep into it but the second one you kind of alluded to it is to be enthusiastic right dogs are so enthusiastic and like why does that matter so much if we really break that the psychology behind that down we feel important we feel like we matter right and so i think that that is a huge lesson that we could apply to how our dogs are with us, how we are with our dogs, and then how we could apply that to the work environment, our significant others, our family members. If we were to be as enthusiastic with our uh, loved ones as we are with our dogs, imagine what those relationships would be like. Right.
0: But also, they have this unconditional loving but we as humans are complicated unfortunately and really weird wired emotionally so if we do something we expect something on their return when puppies if they just give you love and that's all they want like they just want a pet that's it like
1: yes that's true that's very true and there are times where our pets are manipulating us and that's where i bring in 18 years of dog training experience in that sometimes they're doing things because they want us to do what they want. Meaning give me a treat, give me a pat, something like that. But you, you also are offering a really great segue into not taking things personally. You see dogs don't take things personally yet. We as humans often do. Right. And so again, with all the training that I've done, I've witnessed where dogs will fight. And like, it's nasty, a nasty fight. And the next thing you know, like literally a couple minutes later, they're over it as if nothing had happened, right? Which is crazy. Like, can you imagine us like in, in our lives with humans getting into an argument and then we get over it very quickly? Like you may not no, talk to someone like for a, a week.
0: Yeah, door's <laughs> gonna get slammed, somebody's gonna walk away, you know, yeah. phone calls are not gonna like yelling. No, there's no way you can just chill like nothing happened five minutes later.
1: Now why, can, now, why can dogs do that? That's because they're not taken personally, right? They're also, they're very much in the present. Now, when you're fighting, it's horrible, right? You're, it sucks. It doesn't feel good. It's incredible contrast. And at the same time, if things are deep-rooted in love and we're fully present, then that argument actually doesn't matter because the love is stronger. Therefore, if we're fully present in the now, which is what dogs are, they're totally present, they're totally in the now, which is another thing that we can take and apply from them, right? To be fully present. Um, Then we don't have to take things so personally, we can let go of things quicker and we can be totally present with the people in front of us.
0: How do dogs manipulate us? Like what what do they do?
1: Sure, now do you have a dog at your house by chance?
0: I sure do. I have a 12 pound Pomeranian beagle. Things okay. in the neighborhood.
1: Yeah, none's the neighborhood. Perfect. All right. Now, here's likely what your dog may do. You are working at your desk. And I, you know, given our conversation from before, I think you're very uh, highly driven and high um, uh, performer type of person. And guess what? Your dog wants your attention. So your Pomeranian may come to you, go to your, your office while you're at your computer and Scratch at your chair or your foot or give you a little bark, right? Your dog is manipulating you to do what? To interact with it. And then from the interaction, what does it want? Maybe a pat, maybe to say how beautiful it is, maybe to take it for a walk, maybe to take it outside, or maybe it wants a treat. Okay? But it's conditioning you because it had prompted you, and then you have responded to the prompt. Now the dog is training you on what it wants.
0: So you give the dog a treat and then the dog leaves you alone.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, that's the pacifier and that's what we think. However, um, whenever we give a treat, we're saying, I like what you are doing. Okay? And so if you have to think about that, if the dog is barking, hey, give me a treat, and you give the treat to pacify the dog, well, you're actually not ceasing the behavior of the animal coming over and barking at you and prompting you to... Uh, to do something, right? And so when you give the treat, you are reinforcing the dog barking at you, number one. And number two is that behavior will repeat tomorrow and will it will likely repeat later that day. And it will likely end in your dog gaining a lot of extra weight because they are they're manipulators and they are opportunists. Now, that's not a bad thing or a disrespectful thing. I love dogs more than most people. However, They are opportunists. So we just have that information stored away, and uh, now we can do something with it, right?
0: So this is where your formula, your RCTR, comes to play. Can you explain this for everybody? What is that?
1: Okay, now for your audience that are dog owners, I want them to grab something to write with because RCTR is the secret training method that I came up with That will work to train any dog of any behavioral issue at any age. Okay, so this is really exciting for me to share with you guys. So be ready to write this stuff down and then get ready to apply it, okay? Because knowledge is only so good. you got to take action, right? Who cares what we know? What do we do with it, all right? And so RCTR, number one, repetition. We were talking about giving a treat. In order for us to teach a dog a new behavior, we need to repeat a particular behavior over a hundred times, all right? We must do it over and over for it to get imprinted into the dog's brain. And the same holds true with us when we're learning a new craft, such as playing an instrument, or even let's take it back to a long time ago, maybe riding a bike, okay? So to learn how to ride a bike or learn an instrument, you can't just do it once and it works, no. You have to put in the repetitions over and over and over and then it gets locked into your mind and locked into your body and your muscle memory. And it's easier to do. So whenever we are teaching a dog, a new behavior that we want, we stick to one behavior at a time and we repeat that same behavior often by giving a reward over and over until it gets imprinted into the dog's brain. So the first one of our CTR is repetition.
0: Okay. All right.
1: Second one is consistency. Now, consistency really matters because, if you think about it, dogs are born to follow. And that means you need to be what? A leader. Now, in order to be a leader, you need to be consistent. That means you have to be fair. You can't have a bad day and take it out on the dog. You need to be reliable and consistent because that feels safe. By the way, that works in your relationship with your significant other too, is in order to connect with people, there needs to be a foundation of safety. Okay, So uh, a consistent leader is um, fair they are reliable and they follow through on what they say they're going to do. Now, when you, when we follow through with each other as humans in a workplace or with our pets, we then build trust. You are reliable. Okay. And when you are following when that's what dogs do, that feels safe and secure. Then they're more likely to do what you want. And so the second one is consistency. You need to be a consistent leader. You need to consistently follow through with your commands. Therefore, if you tell the dog to do something and the dog doesn't do it, you need to be that leader, meaning providing the guidance, provide the answer to help the animal come to the conclusion. And then once they do, you give a reward. Okay, Okay, so first we have repetition. Then we have consistency. Did you want to ask any questions about either of those, or should we keep going?
0: No, let's keep going, because I have a question to combine all of those at the end.
1: I love it. I love how your mind works. So the third one is timing. Now, timing very much matters, and a lot of us get that wrong. As it relates to timing, we have one second to either praise or correct a behavior. Now, we know that through science, through a study in the lab where it's called Pavlov's Law or Pavlov's Dog, and that's where the dog would salivate where, where it would hear a bell. It would anticipate the food. And in that research, they found that if They would ring the bell and give the food beyond one second, so greater than one second, the dog would not salivate. However, when they would ring the bell and give food within one second of the sound of the bell, the dog would salivate in anticipation of the food. Therefore, the animal was conditioned that when it hears the bell, it would get food as long as it was imprinted, bell, food, within one second. That's amazing, right?
0: That's very (laughs) interesting.
1: It is. And so we use that with when we train as well. So don't think so much about the study. You don't have to think about all the complexity of that. Just remember this one second to praise or correct very quickly in order for the animal to make the connection of what you want or don't want. Okay? So the third one is timing. The last letter for RCTR is reward. Mm -hmm. Now reward matters for all of us, right? Why do we work? Well, to feed our soul, to feed our hearts, or to feed us financially. Okay. There's always some kind of incentive and the same holds true with our dogs. Reward is often known as positive reinforcement. And that's the way that we say, that's a great job. You're doing exactly what I wanted. I couldn't be prouder of you. Now the golden rule for reward its it's quite easy to remember. You just need to reward whenever impressed and within one second. Okay. And so that's RCTR. It's repetition. Over and over and over, hundreds of times, the same behavior. Consistency, follow through, and be a fair and sound leader as well. Timing: we have one second to praise and correct. And reward: we must reward whenever impressed.
0: So, if uh, if I have a brand new puppy, right, and I'm trying to teach like sit down, or stand up, or roll, or give me paw, do I teach these habits one like? in a row or all at once? Cause some people just be like, give me a sit down, and then give a treat. Like, how do you go about it? What's the speed?
1: This is a very, very great question. It's a very advanced question. So I do appreciate it. And it's going to be very valuable for your audience. And the answer is I have done it. I did it wrong when I first started dog training. And what I did was I had a dog, a Belgian Malinois, that did like 25 tricks it would walk in reverse, it would crawl, it would roll left and roll right, it would jump up on things, all kinds of fun stuff, right? Well, the problem was that I would go through the series of behaviors very quickly and rapidly. Mm -hmm. And the problem with that is my dog would think too much and not listen, right? So she would go through the series of what she thought I wanted her to do rather than listen to what I wanted to do. And so the answer to your question, Romina, is we do one behavior at a time you get that behavior very consistent and reliably. Then we start to teach new behavior. So you master one, and then you move on to something else. That, that works in business as well, right? Is you start one, you get that dialed in, then you start another venture if that's what you want to do. But start with one first and stay focused.
0: Can the parents that are stuck at home with their children, can this? they use RCTC for their children? Can you train this, your kids
1: like that? Yeah. So whenever I do in, so I take a few clients per month, uh, in person, most of what I do is online nowadays, online dog training through videos. But when I do an in-person training and once people really start to find the rhythm of what I do, it's like this, there's this dance to it. It's pretty cool. And once they feel the essence and rhythm of the instruction, then they're like, huh, does this work on my kids too? And, and the answer is yes is what I had been told because I had reached out to some psychologists and I said, can this RCTR work with humans as well? And I cannot believe it. Well over 10 psychologists endorse that RCTR works with training and teaching humans as well. Mm-hmm. So much so uh, it also can work with trauma. We are creating my team and I am doing my second book, heal your dog, H E E L heal h-e-a-l your life heal your dog heal your life because yes this dog training principles works on dog behavior and psychology but can also work on people which i think is very very exciting and fun for me
0: so i know in one of your tedx talks you actually shared how rctc actually helped you kind of um mm-hmm. cure with uh, ptsd that you had um uh, that you were suffering from can you share us a little bit of what was like what happened and what was the push like the moment that you decided to just take action and actually apply this to your life
1: it was a i've been a slow learner is my truth i really have been not you know paid attention to the hints that god or universe or whatever you want to call it has been giving me uh that's why i've had multiple near-death experiences i think and so it it took a second heart attack for me to really wake up and choose to want to become a professional speaker and then start to use my voice because I essentially went in hiding for five years where I was suicidal like every day. And uh, I had a lot of shame and guilt for the things that I had done in the past. And so once I had decided I wanted to become a professional speaker, I wanted to share um, my gifts with other people. And um, that's how I also then started to look at bridging RCTR into how it relates to people. And so as it relates to my own growth, when we talk about repetition, I talk about repetitiously uh, having a daily ritual. You see, like when I was suicidal, I had no purpose. And I didn't know what I was gonna do each day. And uh, I had no mission in life. And so the first one is to repetitiously use a daily ritual. Whatever that looks like, meditation, prayer, uh, working out, and sometimes you're combining multiple things. So repetitiously do that. And as it relates to consistency, in the, the first TEDx talk, it's titled Overcoming PTSD Using Dog Training Techniques. Um, it, it is, the second one is consistency, and I talk about consistently being an authentic person, which, Ramina, I have not been most of my entire life. I really haven't. I've been fake. I was, I've had a mask and I was trying to be the person that I thought I needed to be for some really tough people in my life. You know, I was, I wasn't really tapping into the essence of who I, and what I really am. And once I was able to be authentic and real with who I really am, it was very freeing. And so to be authentic consistently, uh, to consistently um, do the right thing. And that means sometimes when you're at the grocery store, we have a choice. We can just leave our cart in between two cars, or we can, we can go and take the grocery cart and put it with the other ones. We can pick up that random piece of trash, right? We can consistently leave things better than when we found them, right? Yeah. And so we can consistently show up in that way. It creates some confidence, and I know that I had needed that, especially with no purpose, with hiding out for many years. I started to feel good about myself because I was putting good out there and then I started to get good back, just like me meeting you and Ray at PodFest. That interaction felt so great; it just flowed. And that's because we're we're putting good out there consistently. Yeah.
0: Right? And that was like one of the most random meetups too. We're right outside, but it was just such a good energy and such good vibe that I was like, "You're pretty cool." I was like, "Great, no, we it's... just met Uncle Ray. We just met a new friend. I call him Uncle Ray." But no, that Uncle is very that is very true though. And it's funny, like if you keep up, uh, if you are original and if you are positive like at such a small thing as like picking up the cards from the parking lot between cars like i i do this i actually get frustrated when people just leave it there so i'm the person that i'll be like when the card is empty i'll be like i'll take it i'm going inside even though i wouldn't need it because i'll buy one item and i got told i got told from france before that oh i thought you were a mean person because you come off stubborn they're like but i realize you're actually a good human just because you did this i got told that before and i was like Okay. I was like, because of such a small action. So that is very true. You have to, that is very so, so true though.
1: I'll give you another example and it, and you know, like, so I have been known to be like in the past, like an intimidating person or people thought I was mean, uh, I'm very driven and sometimes my intensity can come across as a certain way.
0: I can say that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and so, but at the core, like, I'm super soft. Like, I cry every week. Uh, I'm not always vulnerable, but I really try to be. And I have no problem, like, crying at movies and stuff. But my point is this. My point is that, uh, I think it was recently, I was at a dog training lesson, and I lived by the beach. And I was with one of my clients on the beach. We were getting her dog off leash, and we were walking and talking along the beach doing the training. And there was a random piece of trash. Like, I had to pick it up. Like, I could not. I'm like, excuse me. I have to do this real quick. And it was on our path of walking. And so, see, it's not about doing things for people to see it, though. Yeah. It's what I needed to do to feel good uh, because, like, I saw a problem with something and I wanted to fix it. I wanted to see something better because I care about the animals in the ocean and the environment. And so – and, like, with you with the cart. So it's about doing the right thing when you don't care if anyone's watching, whether they're there or not, it doesn't matter because it's just what you are drawn to do. And so – that's really important. The timing part of RCTR, as it relates to my own personal growth and development and overcoming PTSD is literally taking the time for myself. And that's part of self-care. But for me, the time is meditation. You see with PTSD, the mind races. I mean, coming home from the war, my thoughts were just nuts. Like I would think that a piece of trash would blow up on the side of the road and now I can comfortably pick them up. I remember that I couldn't like step on a sewer manhole cover because i thought that thing would blow up and so by meditating for myself i have found that when i do meditate those intrusive thoughts they don't come as much and i'm more patient with people and less irritable and i notice nature more and i i find like i look at the leaves blowing in the trees or i hear the water outside the front where my koi pond is right i'm just I'm just more in tune with things. I'm more in tune with my body and myself. And then that allows me to be more in tune with other people. And so the T for RCTR is taking the time for a meditation or some kind of special practice that will help your mind uh, get out of the racing thoughts. And the last one is reward, because I feel that when you apply all these things, that the rewards come. Me being with you right here right now is part of the reward. Because I was silent for five years, Ramina, and you're helping me have a voice. And I really appreciate it. And so this is another way that the rewards manifest. Another one is I had a phone call. I was like, oh, I want to have my own TV show. And um, Animal Planet called me a few months ago. I, I was trying to reach out to them. And as soon as I let go, they reached out to me about a show. And so I'm not saying that that's happening, the show's happening or it's not. I'm not saying that by any means. I'm just highlighting friends. Just keep doing the work, RCTR, and you will receive the rewards. That I can tell you.
0: Now, I kind of want to go back, Ryan, because you did mention um, a little bit your second heart attack, but the audience pro- probably doesn't know. Um, so at the age of 30, you were diagnosed with stage three uh, colon cancer and you guys this man is stubborn because the doctor told him he needed surgery and he said give me some painkillers and i'm out of here i gotta go to work so also you expressed that was kind of like the top level i would say or like um uh, a milestone that you were reaching because you were having amazing revenue and you say you didn't come from a family that had money you struggled and you made sure to do that Was that because you didn't want to let go of such a thing that you thought it was unreachable because of a health or did you neglect health? Like what was going through your mind? Because if somebody tells you you're stage three cancer, you're not like, oh, cool. Give me some painkillers and I'm out of here. Like that doesn't happen.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, as as I hear you say, what I hear as someone that say that didn't happen to what I hear as an observer is denial. Right. Right. And I think that that definitely was, was playing. And so here's where we are, friends. This is back in 2011. And at this point, I had a huge dog training facility in northern Colorado. I had a team. I had commercials on TV. And at that point, I had made close to a million bucks in two and a half years training dogs, which is kind of crazy. And so I share that, uh, not to impress you, but to impress upon you all that if I can make that kind of money training dogs, you all can make money doing just about anything you're doing. Training so people. I, there you go. So I just want to encourage you to, to, to do that. And so you know, I was doing pretty well. Uh, and then I had stomach pain for five months and I eventually after five months, Romina said I was tired or sorry, stubborn. And yes, I was tired as well from working so much. Um, I ended up going to the hospital after five months of stomach pain, after I threw up something clear that morning, And the doctor was like feeling around and he's like, Hey, we need you to stay here for further testing. I can't have you leave. And I'm like, Hey doc, I got to go, man. I got people. I got to serve and just give me some payments. I'm out of here. And he's like, I really need you to stay here. You see, he was so gentle. He didn't initially outright say you have cancer. That happened when he said, I need you to get an MRI and a CT scan. You're going to go wait over here in this room in a hospital bed. And uh, then I get the scans and I get that. And then someone, a random person I hadn't seen before walks in the room with a clipboard. And she says, Mr. Matthews, how are you going to deal with the fact that you may die of cancer? That's how I found out. And and then I, I yelled, I'm like, what? Get out of here. Who are you? And then they're like, what's going on? I'm like, this lady just said I have cancer. And they're like, the doctor didn't talk to you I said no and they're like we're sorry we, we we messed up and so that's how I found out right and so within 24 hours I was being ambulanced down to Denver an hour over an hour away uh, to have um, a mass removed from me and I ended up getting six months of chemotherapy and you know this sounds horrible but it gets way worse so My first round of chemo was the end of, um, I guess it was June, June 28th. And on the 4th of July, a day that I would go and hide out in the mountains in Colorado so I did not have to hear fireworks because they would remind me of the war, right? The sound and what it looks like, looks like tracer rounds at nighttime, which are bullets that glow, people, if you don't know. All right. So anyways, um, but I had stayed in town because I was training a client's dog at my house called a board train. Well, at 1.30 a.m. or so, I start feeling really weak. I start sweating profusely. And I'm like, I told my ex-girlfriend, she was, um, we, I think, yeah, I think we were dating. Eventually, we got married. But I was like, this chemo is really tough. Like, I feel horrible. My limbs felt like jello. It was hard to walk down the stairs. I felt like I was going to collapse at any moment going down the stairs. And I was like, Oh, geez, this is horrible. And she called the, the nurses, but it's 1.30 a.m. So no one answers. And I'm being stubborn. I won't go in. It took about 45 minutes for me to eventually agree to go in. And it, up, it ended up being a, a widowmaker heart attack. And they call it a widowmaker because you're not supposed to survive that. And so that was on the 4th of July of 2000. They call it
0: a widowmaker?
1: Yeah, because it makes your significant other a widow. A widow. Because-
0: I never heard that before.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> me neither. Until I had one.
0: Okay, <laughs> I didn't I know there that was. That's why I was like, wait, what? Okay, can, I'm so sorry. Continue.
1: No, you're good. <laughs> and so that was the that was the first heart attack, and uh, I what I discovered was I was really a workaholic. That's how I had made that money. I was soothing and coping with the obtrusive thoughts of PTSD by way of work you know i drank a lot in the military but you know at this point in 2011 moving forward i wasn't really drinking i wasn't doing drugs and but i coped with work and so i would just work all the time so that i did not have to deal with these thoughts of i'm not safe these thoughts of i may get blown up these thoughts of you can't trust this person i just kept busy
0: we tend to do that to kill ourselves with work to not not allow our brain to work for our problems but that's not the right way to go about it but we a lot of people tend to do that and i'm one of the people that does do that until like you end up just exploding one day
1: right and that's where the self-care of RCTR really matters we have to have this routine we have to have something in place so that we can take care of ourselves first so that we can work hard when we are working Um, But for those of you that are hustlers and grinders out there, I'd encourage you to think about how can you do more with less? How can you be more efficient with your time? One thing that I've come to a conclusion as it relates to our, our current times with coronavirus is that I've been doing a lot of busy work. I take so many meetings out and about, and I've kind of enjoyed this mandatory stay put quarantine kind of thing. And um, being more productive at home rather than taking all these meetings out and about. I, I've enjoyed that that focus and that clarity on what really matters and what I really should be doing with my time.
0: So walk me through this. Ryan at 30, everything happened at 30, right? Yeah. Ryan at 30 and Ryan now, if you could do one or two things differently mm-hmm. or talk to yourself at 30 years old, What are, how would that conversation be?
1: Well, I, I view all this stuff that I've been through because there's more. I've been through crazier stuff as well. Um, I, I view it all as lessons. Mm-hmm. I view it all as call it ammunition for me to do good, right? So I view it as a means for me to be able to relate to people. Also, it serves as a way in which I can be in people's ear and they'll listen to this drama. They'll listen to the chaos and all this other stuff and, and essentially see how they can relate. But my goal of sharing all of this pain is to rid others of the pain that I had had. And so what I would tell myself is to tap into my heart more, right? Cause it took a long time for me to truly feel I've been half dead most of my life, and that stems from childhood trauma, right? Like, literally, like as a five-year-old. Like, it's been quite a while, right? Of, of this trauma, multiple, multiple bouts with PTSD. When people find out I'm a combat vet, they just assume it's from war. And sure, I did get PTSD from the war, but I, I had happened, had, have had it prior. And so again, I would just tell myself to to really lean into opening my heart
0: what how like what did you say it's the percentage of the help that your dog have supported you throughout this whole process alone because i'll be honest i'll say dogs are people's best friends like i better have a dog than a diamond that's <laughs> a joke but <laughs> oh, i'm just saying like a dog will never you know the dog is always there for me i'll cuddle with the dog <laughs> but what did you say your dog like the percentage of like the help that your puppy gave you throughout this process, what you would say?
1: I've, had, I've been very fortunate to have multiple dogs in my life, and just at, at 39. And some of those were working dogs, some of those were clients' dogs that I got to work with, and some of them were my own pets. And, you know, for me, as it relates to how much dogs impact my life, jeez, I would say probably nearly entirely because everything that I do professionally, it all gives back to dogs, whether it's the online dog training, the cannabis for dogs business, my canine mentalist brand, where I talk about dog behavior and psychology and how we kind of alluded to it today, how we can learn lessons from them, not just in our own life, but even in business. Mm -hmm. Right. And so pretty much all of it, I do. I give back to dogs and I put a spotlight back on dogs because honestly they've kept me alive my working dog kept me safe overseas dogs sent me taught me to love and i feel like i truly owe them my life and so pretty much all of my life i i dedicated to them
0: okay so walk me through this okay you train a dog they're very well trained they stay home you work not quarantine time Dogs yes. stay home I remember when I first got my dog, like just her eyes would shine through the window as soon as I'd park the car, and they would just be like the most exciting thing ever. But they're so calm and collected, and you just come home and they just give you all this love and affection. How can we, during quarantine times, be like dogs and try to stay calm and collected?
1: Oh, I love this question. Well, number one is to create a ritual, create a routine. And so I was, I had a very, a three hour, routine before I would start to work each day prior to coronavirus stuff. Okay.
0: Okay. Uh, three
1: hours where I was like, I would not take phone calls. I wouldn't interact with anyone. It was just for me. And so what I've done is I've had to pivot and shift how I, how I can um, do that now. So I work out on my backyard. So I encourage people to be creative, but as it relates to their pets, what we can start to do is, rather than feed your dog, say, in just their bowl, take the kibble and put it around different places in the house, okay? Now, when you train a dog, whenever you teach something new, you do this in a simple to complex approach. So therefore, we essentially are going to teach our dogs to search, okay? And this will give them some mental stimulation because Mm -hmm. dogs are born blind. So the very first sense that they use is their nose. And so we're allowing them to tap into that by way of, having them search for their food. But again, back to simple to complex. I don't just hide it under the couch or whatever else because some of them may scratch, okay? But I put it out there in plain sight, but I scatter the kibble around. You could also scatter it in the grass in the backyard, Okay, okay, depending on where you live. But this is a great way to give your dog some mental stimulation. And by the way, coronavirus or, or quarantine or not, that's a great way to feed your dog because it gives them some mental stimulation. That's one. Another thing to do is think about some new things that you can teach your dog, because number one, it's fun for you. And it's also fun for the dog and it's mental stimulating for both of you to problem solve and um, do something together. The type of bonding that happens happens through training and this flow or this dance, it's really incredible. And I think there's like, there's really nothing like it. So consider, training your dog some and we'll give a free gift to your audience actually so they can get a free week of online dog training to, to support them in that and
0: um, so the other for thing- the audience for the audience you guys this is on live stream right now but this will go on mp3 on podcasting platform so if you want to go ahead and see if you're the lucky winner definitely look in the details i'll attach all the information there so make sure to look in the details for that you guys
1: absolutely now another one is for some of us we take our dog to the groomers well now's an opportunity to groom your dog yourself to bathe your dog yourself and by the way I'll give a quick little hint about that if you bathe your dog in the bathtub what I want you to consider doing is putting some peanut butter on the bathtub allow your dog to be distracted by the peanut butter on the bathtub licking that off uh, while you are bathing them all right that's a nice little fun hack that you guys can do so rather than view it as, you know, a pain in the butt to have to do, view it as an opportunity to further bond with your pet. Okay. So groom your pet on your, on your own. Again, you can feed them with the kibble, scattering the kibble, consider doing some training. And I know this one, last one is out there, but you can even teach your dog to run on the treadmill. Okay. So my dog, Runs the treadmill. I know it's crazy, right? My dog runs the treadmill. My hates
0: before. it. Mine will see my treadmill because I have one in the garage and she will hear it and she'll bark at it.
1: Oh, right. You know what That's because it's it is foreign and it's kind of scary to the dog. I'll tell you what, Romina, I'm going to gift you something. I'm going to gift you a free virtual one on one dog training session mm-hmm. where we're going to use video and your dog, yourself, and the treadmill, and I will talk you through it. Um, by way of video, live, um, what you need to do. And by the end of it, if you want your dog to actually run the treadmill, your dog will do it. It's going to take I was 30 minutes. That. Okay, we're going to do it. And maybe we can share with your audience uh, some of the, the sound bites and how it went. Uh, so I'm telling you guys right now that we can get Ramina's dog and your dog as well to run a treadmill often in 30 minutes or less, given RCTR and um, some other further coaching.
0: And if your puppy needs to lose some weight, especially now that we're all home, you guys, this is very much necessary. (laughs) Mine is just a spoiled dog that eats a lot of treats. So, yeah, she needs to lose some weight, too.
1: (laughs) Hence the treadmill, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, she barks at it And my friend's dog, she was over one time, and I was using the treadmill. She is a small puppy. She just jumped on it. She jumped and she just started walking. Compared to my dog, that is just barking at it, thinking it's gonna explode one day or something. I don't know. Like like Ray said, Luna is hates everybody and hates Ray. <laughs> like she,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say yeah. Your dog is shy, right?
0: She's a, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So what we do is we tend to. I give a Band-Aid to a shy dog, right? We're like, oh, well, they don't like it, so let me not expose it. However, as relates to my own transformation, and this works with dogs too, the only way through it is through it. Remember that. The only way through it is through it, meaning when we're afraid of something, like me, not wanting to step on that sewer manhole cover on the street because I thought it would blow up, whatever was underneath it. I gradually force myself to step on it incrementally in a simple to complex approach, just like we train dogs, right? So remember, the only way through it is through it. And so when your dog is afraid of something, Remina or you listening, we still expose them to it, but incrementally, simple to complex. And guess what happens? That fearful dog, it becomes more confident. Just like I did with being afraid of that sewer manhole cover that I used to walk around to being able to jump up and down on it and yelling my mantra i am happy i am healthy i am humble
0: and i have also another question cuz yes doggos like give unconditional love they're just adorable that like I, as soon as i see a puppy i'll just run to you cuz i see a puppy but <laughs> what makes puppies sometimes sense not the nicest people cuz we always say pe- like the puppies can sense it Is there like a chemical up in the air? We don't know about like what, what, like, how does that happen?
1: It's a really great question. And out of the thousands of people I've worked with, you're probably the second or third to ask me that. So I love your questions. Really great. This isn't a typical question I get. So for me, this is fun to hear something fairly new. Now, the answer to that is there's a few things going on. Number one, remember that dogs are born blind. And therefore, they often do rely on the sense of their smell.
0: Okay. Now,
1: this is kind of fun to know as it relates to what I learned from training military working dogs, that when dogs sniff something, I want us all to now picture, say, a pizza, okay? Picture a pizza and what it smells like when you walk into uh, the, the pizza shop, okay? What does it smell like, all right? And I would imagine it's fair for us all to agree that that smell has one smell. Okay. Of that pizza. Now, when the dog walks into the pizza shop, the dog smells every single ingredient on the pizza. They can differentiate the different scents, which is crazy, right? That is Is true. Okay. Now that holds true as it relates to how powerfully they can sniff. And that means that we each are always, we each have our own smell that's unique to us. We have our own pheromones, right? And this, this also is true with people in that there's messages that we receive consciously and subconsciously about people based upon how they smell, whether we're aware of that or not. Well, dogs are doing that as well, and they smell so many times stronger than us that smell is certainly one of them. Number two is dogs dogs can sense and feel our, certain, our certainty or our lack thereof. Okay? And so if someone is a little uncertain, number one, you're putting out cortisol, which will smell like something, and the dog can smell it and sense it in you. Mm-hmm. And so with a fearful dog, you know that's going to have them even more anxious. So what we want is to show up as a consistent leader that does not try too hard. So people would tell me, like, wow, you're so good with dogs, but you know what I do, friends? Write this one down. When I meet a new dog, all I do is observe. I don't talk to the dog. I don't touch the dog. I take the information in and I get to know that being, I get to know that specific dog. Now, when I'm trying to put my hand out there, which is not the right way to greet a dog, I can't learn about the animal. In fact, I'm trying to satisfy my own agenda of, of that affection to fill that in my heart, to feel that connection. But if I honor that animal, And observe them for who and what they are maybe they don't want to say hi and that's okay because not all dogs do ramina's dog doesn't always want to say hi to us however if we ignore her dog and we don't try so hard and we are relaxed
0: her dog will attention
1: Uh, exactly they'll approach us more so remember that friends that's a good hack when you go to people's houses don't try so hard to get the dog to like you okay
0: But I feel like people, you can use this on relationships too. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's right. That's right. Yeah.
0: Don't try so hard for the attention, you know, just observe. And if if they want attention, they'll come to you. So this goes for people too. (laughs) No doubt.
1: Like the way we greet a dog should be like dating, right? So many of us are trying to like put our tongue down the other being's throat. No, no, no. We shake hands first. Right? Well, but now like, oh, now right. you stay
0: six feet, you know, That's away, right. yeah, but yeah. yes, <laughs> that, That's is, right. that is true though, that is so true because yes, I'm guilty of this when I see puppies on the street, I'll be like, oh puppy, or like, or I'll just say to myself, like, oh, I just want to cuddle the puppy, like, I'm not going to, because it's a stranger, unless the puppy approaches me, then we're cool, but in my head, <laughs> I'm like, puppy, you know, I just want to cuddle the puppy, because they're so adorable, but it is so true, because if you are just, just out there, then yeah it's not going to be as attractive it's kind of like um leave some mystery let them let the puppy come to you
1: that's right and like we said that works in dating too
0: <laughs> yeah. so
1: hopefully that helps close that loop as it relates to why dogs kind of uh, want to avoid some people versus acknowledge others
0: that no that definitely does make sense i always wonder that because yes it's like for example, unfortunately, my ex-husband he was just mean to my puppy, and my puppy just hated his guts. Uh, so I know that's what happened there. But also, you have people, you have puppies, and yes, this is going live. My family can listen to this. I don't care. Um, but <laughs> but my puppy now, she she will, you know, there there are some people like on the neighborhood or some something like she will just not, you know, just even after a while, like she will just not get friendly with him. So that's why I always, always wonder, but that doesn't make sense because of the smelling and, and all the chemicals and everything. Thank you for that.
1: Absolutely. And then one piece also, sometimes that certain people will remind a dog of someone else hmm. and they make a neuro association and people do that as well. We make neuro associations in our life constantly. And so sometimes again, if the dog was say like hit by someone that had an umbrella or with an umbrella... Then, when the dog sees umbrellas, it's going to get triggered or or be a, think that that umbrella is going to bite two or attack two. Now, here's what's really great: if we apply RCTR, we can have the animal again. The only way through it is through it. We can have the animal overcome that fear and become more confident through training. And that, I, to me, that's really exciting, especially in the world of rescue dogs.
0: Yeah, that that is. Thank you and also guys like I'll definitely share up Ryan's uh, information so make sure to look in the details below and We are kind of getting close to the ending. I feel like this conversation is very much needed We talked about what humans can learn from dogs how to help us like train our dogs and train our children and and our partners pretty much too and (laughs) And the importance of what we can learn from the dogs. So thank you so much for everything Ryan I have two last questions. Um, I know you're quarantined too, so as a driven person, I know you're not just sitting there. So what's a, what's an exciting project that you're working towards? Tell us about it.
1: There's, there's two that I'm really excited about. One is the online dog training course that we're offering to your audience. We're looking to add even more content, and we're building it up to be like over 200 videos of do-it-yourself dog training everything from pet first aid to dog training. So I'm really excited about taking what I have up here in my head and sharing it with the masses at a really affordable price point. Uh, and then the second one is the book, uh, heal your dog heal Your Life." I'm really excited about that project because it's just tying in dog behavior and psychology for human benefit and how yeah. we can really learn from dogs.
0: Let me know when the book is published too. So I, I would, I definitely want to go ahead and read that one. I, I can definitely learn a lot more. And, oh, you <laughs> and then the very last question, we always know what's the last question and I'm intrigued about this one because we all come from different backgrounds and our lives have been through different paths. But for you, what is your personal definition of success?
1: Hmm. For me, success is something that you feel inside of you. Success for me is the ability to have freedom of choice. Right. So that means that when I'm choosing to do something, it's not conditional on not having money. It's not circumstantial. It's having the freedom to choose what I want to do and where I want to do it. I feel like that, and is total success. And I think that it's not always the conventional way as it relates to how much money we're making. I think it has to do with our impact and how we feel um, with being of service to our craft. Like I was Thinking, I was like, man, I'm probably talking too fast. And it's just because I'm so passionate and driven about this. And so, again, it's the freedom to choose, to me, is the definition of success.
0: I like that. Thank you for sharing that. I know I asked you a lot of questions. Is there anything else you'd like to tell to the audience?
1: I just want to highlight this whole, you know, remember, friends, that the only way through it is through it. Okay? So Band-Aids don't really solve anything it's just a deflection. Okay. And so I'm here to support people in that and they can contact me through my information. Um, We're all very busy. And at the same time, I am always open to connecting with like-hearted and like-minded people. And I love doing interactions and connecting with people that are truly ready for change. That's who my, my tribe is. Okay. And so if you're eager to move from where you're at to where you want to go i just ask that you connect with me on social media or however you choose and um, i just invite your your audience to connect with me so i could further serve
0: thank you so much i really appreciate it thank you so much and thank you guys for tuning in to the live stream for you guys listening to this through the podcast um wherever you get your podcast juice from. Um, Just go ahead and look at the details to connect with Ryan. And if you want to look at the video of this whole live stream to see how good-looking we both are and how awesome this interview went, go to www.rmpodcastfl.com. Thank you, guys, and have a good one.